Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of this ARU podcast series, The Out of Hospital Science. Today's episode is titled Being on Placement. We will talk with a fellow student paramedic about our experiences while being out on different placement blocks, the learning opportunities that these have provided, as well as the challenges that we have encountered. Here with me today, I have Jane, a student paramedic. If you don't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Jane. I'm a third year student paramedic. I am from County Derry in Northern Ireland. And I came to England specifically to study paramedic science due to there being no courses back home. Well, Jane, very much for uh, coming and being a guest on the podcast. Um, we are very happy to have you um, here. I'm just going to start by asking you a simple question. Um, what placements have you been involved in as part of your course? Over the three years, we complete 10 weeks each year in ambulance placement. And also in second year and third year, we complete hospital placements. Uh, they include intensive care, theatres, mental health, so it gives us a real broad spectrum what we are to go to. Uh, let's begin by talking about ambulance placement, which is obviously the, the, the big placements that we have and where we can apply our skills the most because um, our ambulance placements are interventional, so we practice uh, supervised by our mentors but the hospital placements tend to be more um, observational so let's begin with the ambulance placements how have the ambulance placements helped you to train as a paramedic what experiences have you had because for example in my opinion i've i've experienced that uh, when i've been on ambulance placements i've been able to apply all the theory that i learned at university I've managed to actually now apply it on real patients. So in first year, when I went out on my ambulance placement, I had a basic understanding of, uh, you know, of what paramedics do and basic assessments. So that's what I did. And then in second year, you start, I think, developing a little bit more your decision making. So when you go on placement in second year, you start making decisions and you start you know really making management plans for your patients and thinking about differential diagnoses um and then in third year really you are expected to practice independently as if you were a paramedic um i'm just wondering what your experience has has been like my experience has been predominantly similar to yours mark um i would read something in a book in first year and wouldn't really understand it until i put it into work on ambulance placement uh, kind of clicks then everything kind of falls into place so if you're an upcoming first year or you are first year and you're kind of struggling with oh I don't understand that or I don't know how to do this for example ECGs everything will start to fall into place eventually um also hospital placements for me have been quite beneficial um for example being out with district nurses whenever i go to patients who may not need to go to hospital anymore i can think oh i know what a district nurse does i feel like it'd be appropriate to refer them to the district nurse so that they can come out and see you instead of having to bring them to hospital 100 percent beneficial ambulance placements have been thank you very much for your input there jane um 
Yeah, I would completely agree. I think it's kind of a step up approach. And as you do more of your degree, the kind of the more things you can do on placement or the more you learn or the more you can apply while on placement. I think it's important to take into consideration what you say that sometimes in first or even second years, um, things don't really make sense, but then everything kind of starts falling into place. But yeah, I mean, if you're doing your degree and you're listening to this, as Jane was saying, don't really worry if things don't, you know, you don't understand everything because that's part of the expectation. You're not going to know everything as a first, a second or a third year or even an NQP. Like the NQP period is there for a reason and it's to consolidate to um, consolidate your your practice um, so you've just touched on um, your hospital placements yeah and I think you bring up quite a good point it really gives us an insight onto what happens to our patients when either we take them to hospital because we are in wards uh, or in ITU uh, or in theatres and we see what happens to that patients and what kind of care they get but it also gives you an insight into what you can do by referring people and not taking them to hospital. Um, so you get to know what the district nursing team does, what mental health teams do, what is available from GPs. Um, so yeah, I think those are quite beneficial to experience the ongoing care that patients receive after we discharge them or after we take them to hospital. Okay, so let's now um, proceed and talk about um, mentors because mentors are quite uh, an essential part of our placements um, and it's, you know, mentors guide us and help us apply the theory that we learn at university uh, and take it into the practical side and they supervise us and they make sure that we do things right. Jane, what has your experience been with your mentors? Um, yeah. For me personally, Mark, I have had a great experience with mentors. I've had two exp two mentors in my three years now. Um, personally, I've got on with them very well. I think I was blessed more than anything that they are able to challenge me. Um, we have got good crack and stuff like that there. But I know that some of my friends and stuff have been less fortunate and they've been bounced about stations and stuff. So some of their experiences have been more challenging, whereas mine has been more positive. Yeah, um, thanks for that. So personally, I've um, also had a good experience and mainly I've had one mentor through my three years. Um, and I think there's advantages and disadvantages to that. So for example, I know my mentor, I know um, how they work. Um, I know what they kind of expect from me. The expectations are clear. And when I go back on placement after uh, a few months of being at uni you know the expectations are already set and we know how we work so um there's no kind of a period of time where he needs to get to know me for him to trust me with patients and things like that so um yeah i've had quite a positive relationship however i would say that a negative side to that is that i might have become a little replica of my mentor because i haven't really seen um, other paramedics practice and how they do things and we know that in this um, field in the paramedicine field people just do things very differently um, always towards the same outcome and always towards uh, trying to deliver excellent patient care but people take different approaches so 
I would have liked to see that personally uh, and experience maybe a placement with another mentor or two other different paramedics. Um, we've just brought into the podcast um, Ellie, another student, um, who's had a bit of a different experience with uh, her placements. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself and talk to us about what your placements have been like uh, and your experience with different mentors. Um, hello, so I'm Ellie. Um, with my placement, I've had various different mentors, been at various different stations, and throughout my experiences, I've managed to pick up what makes a good mentor and what makes a bad mentor. And I think one of the most important things is that your mentor really affects how you perceive placement to be. If your mentor isn't pushing you, isn't making you try, they're not letting you engage as much, you're not going to use placement as a learning opportunity but if you've got someone who's really pushing you and making you be the best that you can you're going to come out not only being confident in yourself but actually enjoying your placement which is what the job should be all about so yeah I've managed to pick up what makes good mentors what makes bad mentors um, and it does really affect you at the end of the day which mentor you're with and now that we've got you on the uh, podcast just for a second before you go um what do you think is essential um to it's a question to both of you actually what do you think is essential to bring into the placement for you to have a good relationship with your mentor what can you do you know to have a good working relationship with your mentor honestly mark i think an open mind don't go in there all guns and blazing like oh i know everything i can do this, I'm better than everybody else because I'm a university student paramedic. Be dead on, honestly. Be open to trying um, and helping wherever you can, carry the bags, offer to do things like such as ECGs, BMs, and actually being honest of what you want to learn and what you're not confident with, I think is honestly the big one. Because if you're open and honest, say, oh, I don't know how to do this, someone is going to be much more accommodating and helpful and helping you learn and showing you how to do it the best way possible, um, I think is honestly a big thing. And buy your mentor coffee, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and what about for you, Ellie? What have you done to have a good working relationship with a multitude of mentors that you've had? Um, I think I'd agree with everything that Jane said going in with speak to your mentor about what you want to achieve and they will try and push you to achieve Um, obviously be friendly be nice and they'll like you and if you can't do something be honest because if you mess up that's going to be on their back so they'd much rather an honest student than somebody who thinks that they can do everything Um, yeah just be really friendly I guess well uh thanks very much both of you for your inputs there um i would second um i would second anything that you've said yeah just being honest uh communicating with your mentor about what you feel you're not good at or what you want to improve um and also asking for their feedback uh that's the way that you're going to improve um and then yeah good communication and being honest with them and them being honest with you it's a tiring job. Uh, we do night shifts. We do long day shifts. We're working four nights in a row. We will get tired. Your mentor will get tired. And there'll be moments where, um, you know, that that tiredness 
will maybe create a little friction between you and your mentor when you're not getting everything right or when they're not giving you enough feedback. And that's the moment where you really need to step back and think and communicate and be like, I know we're all tired, but um, can you just give me a bit of feedback tomorrow or like on our next round of shifts? Um, yeah, I, that's what I would say. Um, but anyways, Ellie, we will let you go. So, yes. Jane and I will finish this episode um, and we'll s start to wrap it up now. The last question I have is what challenges have you faced on placement and um, how have you gone about it? Um, yeah, how have you solved those problems that you've experienced? One of the big challenges I've faced on hospital placements especially is when you turn up to different departments and they don't know why we're there. Um, what skills we can do. So in that case, I explained to them why we're there, what skills we can do. But I that for the future, I spoke to my personal tutor and other placement teams and gave my feedback. So hopefully it um, will change in the future for student paramedics. I want to just slightly bring on the topic of um, financial stress on student paramedics because I think it's quite an important topic because we are trying to live often away from our own home so paying uh, rent and all the uh, costs that that comes with um, you are traveling in and out of your ambulance station for placement there's obviously quite a financial strain on student paramedics while we're on placement um how have you managed to you know um do you budget do you how do you keep um how do you keep your finances uh going when you're on placement so placement is expensive uh degrees are expensive um one week of hospital placement i was paying 100 pound a week for trains now that is absolutely extortionate how i combat budgeting during ambulance placement i live with my auntie who lives 15 minutes away from station i am extremely lucky to have her and she lets me stay there and i save quite a lot of money um, given the fact that for hospital placement for one week I spend £100 so can you imagine over 10 weeks mm. how much that would be you know especially on a student's budget. Yeah I agree and I think it's also important to make sure that your finances um, are, are in line with what you're going to be spending and I think most universities have services to help you with that um, and to help you while you're on placement to look at your cheapest options and what those are. Um, it's also important if your university is offering any uh, kind of grants for transport, for placement costs, um, that you apply for those and you make use of those. But yeah, try and, you know, stay as close as possible to placement if you have any family members that live close by. Um, Sometimes getting a car is quite important because some of these stations might be not well connected with public transport and obviously that um, includes a cost. So what I do is I just ask for either my mum's or my dad's car and they lend it to me for the five week block. Um, and obviously that works out a lot cheaper um, than me having to own my own car. Um, so yeah, I think it's important also, speaking about challenges while on placement, it's just important to finish this episode off by highlighting that placements can take a toll on student paramedics who are not really used to um, attending traumatic calls or uh, attending patients that might 
emotionally touch you. Uh, so while on placement, it's very important to try and recognize that and to make use of the services provided by your trust or by your university if you feel like you need them. Um, just speak to your uh, fellow students, to your mentors, if you're not feeling um, well, if you're struggling, uh, if you're you know, having mental health issues, if you feel like you're not coping well, just have a word with anyone um, and just try and get the help that is out there for you because there is help um, and just make sure we make use of it. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've got anything else to add, Jane. Uh, because I'm with London Ambulance Service, you are as well, Mark. Uh, the team leaders there are pretty good at checking up on you, making sure that you're okay if there has been, for example, a day text reported about a big job or there's been a, an address flagged or anything like that there. They're also very good um, at ringing you, uh, leaving you voicemails, maybe if you don't answer, just checking up on you in general, which um, really does help. And they're they're always there to provide support and uh, direction for where you can go, similar to the university. Um, also, if you have attended a big job, um, they usually do contact the university to make sure that you're okay. So there's no real hiding from it, so to speak, you know, that kind of way. And always remember, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, definitely. In summary, if you feel like you need it, just speak to someone um everyone is always keen to listen at least that's our experience so um yeah i guess this concludes this episode i hope if you've listened you've managed to uh get something that will be of use uh during your placements and yeah once again thank you very much jane for uh coming on the podcast uh, and to all those listening thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week <laughs>